everyone. Welcome to episode number 37 of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs, hosting alongside my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome back, welcome back. We've got a fun episode for you guys because there's more Marvel shows out now. Two days from our recording, we are getting the premiere of Loki on Disney+. Plus. I cannot wait for this. I have a feeling Loki is going to be the best yet. I enjoyed everything so far. I think this is going to be the best. I think so, too. I hope so. You know, Loki is definitely... Out of all the characters they've shown in these Disney Plus the most series, right? he's the most interesting and probably my favorite character. Which, of course, you know, I, I think Loki wasn't originally in uh, Marvel's long-term plans when they originally came it out. Was with so Thor, beloved. Tom Hiddleston was so good that yeah, he basically definitely. carved out this role for himself. Definitely. Um, so, well deserved too, I think. Well deserved, and according to producers and creators in recent interviews loki will have major ramifications for the mcu future and isn't based on any specific comic book oh so wait a minute now let's let's unpack that so the ramifications aren't based on it or the show isn't based on the show is not based on any specific comic book which kind of makes Other than, sense because when yeah. has I'm sure they're getting some influences right from the TVA from and all that the the comic books but I don't believe there's a storyline that they're pulling from from the comic books I think that's what that means as opposed right. to you know what other like, like WandaVision took death, from right. from uh, House of M House of M and and certain things and White Vision and all of that so. Definitely going to be interesting to see going to be interesting to see. Um, So in order to preview, as always, we are going to be doing some trivia. Oh, yeah. And Neil, you get to be the contestant. I am ready. My mind is focused. My crafts are honed. I'm ready. Okay. I hope so. I hope so. Um, Let's start with this one. In the MCU, yes, Loki is the reason why the Avengers come together, right? He's in New Indeed. York. He's yes. serving Thanos. He's trying to take over the world. All this is true. In the comic books, who is the villain that causes the Avengers to assemble? For the first time ever. Avengers number one. My who is gracious. the villain that... Basically, wow. is the reason why the Avengers came together. I may need a, a hint in this fashion. I want to say it's something in the space realm coming to Earth, but then again, uh, hmm. could be technically. Huh? Causes the Avengers to assemble one of their villains. I don't think it was Thanos at the time. It was not Thanos. It was not Wait, Thanos. Too early. It's one of the original yeah. villains. I'm trying not to give it away. Right, original. It's All right, an so original villain of one of the... So the original Avengers were Iron Man. Right. Thor. Yes. Ant-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Hulk. 
Hmm. Well, I. It's not Loki. Is it? I couldn't. Is it? I mean, is it a trick question? It is Loki. It is Loki. We started off with the tricks question. God, it know, is Loki. How dare you? He uh, basically like it. tricks Hulk and riles him up when he interacts with Thor and causes a commotion, and then they like figure it. out that it was Loki. And yes, he not only is the reason for we get the Avengers in the MCU, he is also the reason why we got the Avengers in the first place. Well, then I like that. I like that little symmetry. Starting off with a trick question. Starting off with sir. a trick question. Oh, yeah. Coming in um, Which of these yes. is not an actor originally considered for the role of Loki before Tom Hiddleston was chosen? Ooh, go ahead. A, Josh Hartnett. B, Jim Carrey. C, Johnny Depp. D, Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil. Right. Okay. I feel like I feel like at the time this all came out, Johnny Depp was like a hot actor. So he was definitely considered. I want to believe in my heart of hearts that Jim Carrey was considered because he played a Loki type character in the mask. You know, he, the mask was essentially Loki's mask. Mm -hmm. And also I could see why they would want him if he was considered Josh Hartnett. 10 years ago was fading. He had kind of yep, crested. He was fading. Yep. He was he crested a little bit, but still viable, kind of. Uh, and then the final one was Charlie Cox, who was in the as Daredevil. I don't think Charlie Cox was considered. I don't. I think it was too, I think he was too small an actor at the time. The answer is C, Johnny Depp. He was not considered? Johnny Depp was not one of the contenders well, for then Loki. That's a grievous... Jim Carrey was, though. Of course. That's a grievous error on the part of uh, Marvel Studios not to consider him. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I think he probably had his hands full with Jack Sparrow at the time. That's true, at the time. It, yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting that Jim Carrey was considered. How different uh, is that movie oh, if sure. Jim Carrey is Loki as opposed to Tom Hiddleston? I, I don't think you get the repetition. I don't think you get him to come back as no, often as Loki. It's a completely different movie mm -hmm. with him as Loki. He becomes a one-off villain. Yep. Because I love Jim Carrey, but he's gotten a little like a little crazy. He's a little, yeah, I, you're, you're probably almost getting into like him playing the Riddler territory. Yeah. Um, okay. On to the next one. Question three. What is Loki's one weakness in the comic books other Ooh. than Thor's hammer? Is it a water B fire C cats or D Asgardian ale. Uh, well, I think it's, I think it's fire because he's a he's a frost giant, right? That is not a terrible guess. Guess, but in the comic Incorrect. books, oh, he's not a frost giant in the comics. Loki's powers oh, do water. not work in water. Water. 
Yes. It's revealed in Journey into Mystery. Uh, so he avoids getting wet whenever he can. The comics also hint at him not being able to swim at all. Uh, that little uh, fun fact is from a website called tidbit. Factinate. Interesting. All right. Which of these is not a version of Loki that has appeared in the comics? It has okay. been heavily hinted that this show will feature different versions of the Loki that we know. Right. So here are the possible influences. One of these does not actually exist in the comics. A, Lady Loki. B, Frog Loki. C, Kid Loki. D, President Loki. Okay, well, A, I, Lady Loki exists. B, I believe President Loki exists. In fact, I think that's where the show's going. Like, he's wearing a political pin. Okay. I'm almost positive it exists. That's probably the one. Frog Loki, I want to say exists because I think at one point there was like, I know there's Toad Thors and things like that. Um, and Kid Loki. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Frog Loki doesn't exist. You are correct. It's yes. Frog Thor, mm -hmm. but not Frog Loki. But right. we may be seeing... <laughs> Lady Loki, we may be sitting seeing Kid Loki, and as you alluded to, Loki oh, yeah. at one point runs for president. Which I think comic is books. genius. I'm so curious to see what they're going to do with that in the show. Yeah, it's this is from uh, Marvel fandom. Loki's constant search for power eventually leads him to Thor's beloved Midgard, aka Earth, where he decides to run for president of the United States. Vote Loki is the uh, series that genius the mini series that explored it um, with him on the campaign trail, charming and manipulating everyday people into supporting him. Lord almighty. And they can was, have a lot of fun with that. It was written in 2016, reflecting a highly melodramatic <laughs> yeah. election yep. campaign that took place at the same time. I like yeah. how they worded that. <laughs> that was a nice political wording. Oh yeah. Um, okay, we're going to move on to some of the stuff surrounding Loki in this show. Let's do it. What does TVA stand for? Time Variance Agency? Close. Association? Yeah. Time Variance Authority. Authority! Yes. Okay. Again, I'm claiming that as from a fandom. The Time Variance Authority is an infinitely vast bureaucracy that governs a significant number of realities in the ever-growing multiverse. And essentially, oh, no, no, it's, well, it's Marvel's answer to the Time Lords. They're Time Police, mm -hmm. is what I take it as. They're Time Police. Right. They're, yeah. So they're coming in, the Loki, you know, messed up the timeline. Oh, yeah. And now the, on the TVA run. is involved because of it. Genius. All one right, what do we got? One of the members of the Time Variance Authority, Mobius M. Mobius, yeah. is being played by Owen Wilson. Which I can't wait to see. What comic series was his 
first appearance. Hmm. As a time cop, essentially. Yes, and we've we actually this is because we've been trying to get comics related to this show. Yeah. He is featured on the cover of his first appearance, one of the books that we've been trying to get. That's your hint. It has to be something temporal, heroes that affect time in some way, or could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. I don't believe it's a Fantastic Four. I don't believe, or is it a Fantastic Four? Did I make a move? Yeah, uh, it's Fantastic Four. It is Fantastic yes. Four. The Honorable yes. Mr. Mobius M. Mobius was originally a member of the Time Variance Authority's junior management, and through meticulous attention to detail, he was promoted to the position of executive in senior management. Mobius ah. first encountered the Fantastic Four when prosecuting them for illegal time use continuity theft and other various charges however the fantastic four were able to escape under his supervision i love those charges i think that's genius illegal right? use of time illegal time use and continuity theft i love it they stole I love it. continuity <laughs> i hope like that's one of the reasons i'm so excited for this show like i i enjoy that kind of a science fiction. Like I'm not a swords and sorcery guy. I like a- Something that's like, you know, something that creative. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If it's done well, absolutely. Um, and a lot of people think, you know, this, again, we kind of alluded to, and this keeps going back to fan theories, fan theories. They've been looking for it in the previous shows already and trying to guess it. But the links to the Fantastic four in this show are the most apparent compared to the previous two shows right because obviously you have that with the time variance authority and time travel in general was a big thing with fantastic four they were constantly going back in time Certainly. and one of you know the big avengers slash fantastic four villains is kang the conqueror who has kang. been alluded to yeah heavily in these trailers we know we are getting him in ant-man uh and the wasp quantum mania he'll be played by jonathan majors i am excited for that we have seen his face yeah in statue form in the loki trailer yep here is a kang the conqueror question for you okay bring it what was Kang the Conqueror's original alias in the comic books? So he, technically his first appearance, he appeared as either A, Blackbeard, B, mm. Rama Tut, C, Nathaniel Richards, or D, Immortus? Uh, what did he first appear as? First because he, as. I do know in the comic like, books, like continuity, mm, not, not uh, like chronologically, but just right. as far as like, well, the first issue he appeared in. I know he appeared. I know Immortus was one of them. I believe Correct. Rama Tut 
was one of them. Ah, but which was first? I just I feel like in the in the Stan Lee days, they would have went with like an Immortus, like something mm-hmm. you know in in the in the heyday of of. Mm, I'm gonna say Immortus. Is it Ramatut? Ramatut. Ramatut was Kang's original original alias when he yeah. ruled ancient Egypt. Right. Later in life, he retires as Kang and returns to Ramatut identity, helps the Avengers defeat his past self when he right. attempts to capture the Celestial Madonna, whatever oh, yeah. that is. He nearly surrenders to destiny to become Immortus, but changes his mind and returns to the Kang identity when he discovers that Immortus is a pawn of beings called the Timekeepers. He, he's he's been like 20 different people 20 different people um the only person he has not been in those options was blackbeard fun right. fact in the fantastic four mm. there is an issue where they, they them and a, a fellow person they go back in time right. to blackbeard's time and it turns out that blackbeard was one of them all along. Ah. Who was who was Blackbeard? Wait a minute. Was one of the Fantastic Four all along? Yes. All right. Well, that because of their time manipulation, yes, it turned out to be that one of them is actually Blackbeard. See, I would have to say either Ben Grimm or um, the. Uh, the human torch because i don't think it would be the invisible woman and i don't think that mr fantastic would be that vicious so i'll mm. say ben grim it was ben grim yes it was ben grim they go back in time they disguise themselves ben grim he has to wear something covering his face so he's got right. a fake beard they i think they went back to get some sort of treasure for doctor doom Doctor Doom sends them back in time because he's got Invisible Woman held hostage. hostage. They go back in time. They go on the ship to get the treasure, and then it turns out that the thing, it—they're all calling him Blackbeard, and they realize, oh my God, the thing is the legendary Blackbeard, (laughs) and um, he wants to stay behind because he's accepted. You know, that's a big thing in the Fantastic Four, right? Accepted. Him not being feeling like part of the world because he, everyone sees him as a monster and blah 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 so certainly it was a uh, it was a fun okay. one it was a fun one one of the early early fantastic fours very interesting well let's let's wrap up our our loki preview right. here do you have any thoughts on on what to expect what you're expecting what you'd like I... to see conspiracies that any theories what do you got before heading into Wednesday's premiere. I think, all right, so I have very high hopes, which actually makes me nervous because uh, I'd almost rather go in, like if WandaVision and, uh, and Captain America were terrible, I feel like I'd be happier about this because I'd go in with low expectations, mm-hmm. but I'm going in with high, a high bar. So they've got a lot to live up to. I think it's going to be tremendous. I, am, I think the interplay Here's, all right, here's what I will leave the public with. 
I think the best part of the show is probably going to be the interplay between Owen Wilson and uh, Tom Hiddleston. I think that's going to be the highlight of the show. I could see that. I could see. I could definitely see that. Among all the goodness that's going to be there, I think that's going to be the highlight. I I just like. I think going into it, I like that we don't have any idea really of what's going to happen. Right. With the previous two shows, like we had an idea, there were theories, there were comics that the shows were based on. So you go back, Oh, is this going to bring us mutants? Is this going to do that? Like this doesn't see, I don't know if we've learned a little bit from the previous two to like keep our expectations in check. Right. But like, I, I like that it's like more, everyone's just excited to see yeah. Loki doing fun stuff. And it's not so much, um, you know, trying to piece together mysteries and Easter eggs. And even though we got that, obviously times. there's Easter eggs in the trailers and everything, but I feel like the focus on the story isn't this like reveal of, like people hoping that mutants are going to show up or people hoping this people hoping that, Mephisto, which like, you could get out of this. Yeah. You could eventually get there, but I feel like the, the thought process has changed for now. Maybe it'll be different once the show starts, but I think because it's just so much of it, like we know so little about this upcoming series and what it's really going to be about and what's going to be happening right. that, um, you know, that's a little bit, more in check than it was in the previous two series okay i could i could see that it's a it's a well thought out lucid argument yeah let's move on to some rolling or trolling let's do it all right this first rolling or trolling i'm actually going to ask you if you even want me to if you even want to talk about it oh okay because essentially they're gonna have, make me angry they're have been uh, Spider-Man plot leaks mm. that came to the interwebs. The interwebs. I don't know if you, you or the listeners want to hear because it might give too much away about the upcoming movie. Let's do it. Let's dive in. What, what are we saying? Okay. What do so, we got? Apparently, the plot of this movie mm. is that there is some sort of disturbance uh-huh. in the multiverse. Oh, cool. And essentially, all of these villains that we know about, so we have, um, who, who are the villains? We have the, the Green Goblin, we have Dr. Octopus, we have Electro, the lizard, oh. um, Sandman, right, and uh, who is the last person? Who's the last person? I'm trying to find out. It doesn't say it here. Well, but let's talk about the fact that. I think I'm like I'm rolling because I can't wait to see it with all of this, but I'm just nervous trolling the fact that whenever superheroes add more villains 
the movie tends to drop in value without a doubt with without a doubt um i think you know uh, it's gonna be interesting to see Mm -hmm. like uh, again like kind of what we've talked about how they make all of this work because that's typically the um the achilles heel of other um incarnations superhero movies and specifically spider-man movies where they're just doing too much right i which yeah they're doing too much and especially here are these sinister six by the way sorry to interrupt no no do it the goblin dr octopus sandman the lizard electro and the rhino the goblin hob or green I believe Green Goblin. Yeah, because yeah. it's going to be Norman Osborn, and essentially what happens is um, Norman yeah. Osborn tricks Tom Holland's Spider-Man into thinking that he's like a mentor-type person, person, which is interesting because right. they just did that with Mysterio, but hey, whatever. And um, really, he's forming the Sinister Stick the sinister six behind his back i'm rolling because i enjoy the sinister six i enjoyed it in cartoon form i enjoyed it in comic form i want to see it happen and we were kind of gypped out of it in the last iteration of spider-man like Mm -hmm. i didn't care for the andrew garfield world but i did like the fact that they were leading to a sinister six so I, I enjoy the, uh, this notion that they're they're gonna tie that in somehow. I'm okay with that. I'm rolling. Now the the other piece to this is that Doctor Strange, how he fits in into all of this, Jeez. is he's essentially, I guess, in the comic books when Peter P- Parker reveals that he's Spider Man. Um, he right. does that during the Civil War storyline. Um, Doctor Strange is the one who basically casts a spell and makes it so that right. everyone forgets what happened. That he was Spider-Man. Yeah. So they're thinking that that's what's going to happen here as right. well. Is Doctor right. Strange right. will make everyone forget that he's Spider-Man, but then who knows maybe that's uh, I don't know that's if that's going the... to d- dispel him so. from the MCU or how that's going to affect um the mcu moving forward but we have more news is that the um sony executive sanford panich did say that there's a plan to connect the spider-man universe to the mcu she said quote it's getting a little more clear for people where we're headed and i think when no way home comes out even more will be revealed which like after reading that quote it's kind of like obvious that yeah. once the movie comes out more is going to be revealed, gonna be revealed. Of what's right. going on i'll take that but um yeah so maybe there will still be that can i'm just in constant a constant like state of fear that spider-man will be cast out of the mcu because disney and sony can't play nice right okay. um well I, that is the fear but at this point i think they've got so many lawyers and so many people working on it and so much goodwill from the public that it'll carry them through yes let's let's move on to a quiet place part two which broke the pandemic record with 57 million dollars earned in its opening box office weekend um 
And now, speaking of, mm-hmm. there is a spinoff Ooh, now that, that is set for March 31st, 2023. Okay. Let's, let's leave the spinoff for a second. Box office record breaking. Are we referring to? Pandemic. Um, yes, but are we referring to a movie that has come out on screen in theaters? Yes, during okay. the pandemic. Yep. All right. So it's not that is uh, specifically box, box office. office. I yes, got that's okay. the theater. Well, I'll office. tell you what. Yeah. I'm happy for uh, them for the crunts because uh, I think I think Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, the crunts, are doing quite well in this world of ours. I think they're nice people. Um, also, look, it was it, it, the idea. I enjoy a scary movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoy a thriller and I know like that movie, A Quiet Place had mass appeal because for people like me who enjoy a Freddy Krueger, a monster, a horror, horror, it's, you got us. For people like you that enjoy yep. uh, a Hannibal, a, uh, a Silence of the Lambs, a thriller, a procedural-esque, like take me through the motions, what's happening here? Um, not jumpy, but sometimes jumpy. It, so this, the first movie had such mass appeal you always get nervous with sequels, but I, I'm i rolling with this. I think this is great. Let this be a new franchise. Yeah, I'm rolling with it too. Um, I've definitely considered making my return to theaters for this movie. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm waiting still. But right on. This, it was a like, it was considered. It was, you know, a, a weekday and you I did. looked up the the movie times you got almost there i just i looked up the movie times i was just curious if movies were playing like (laughs) during the day during the week anymore um let's move on to a teaser that we got for the upcoming flash movie technically not a teaser it was just a photo that was posted um with the batman returns suit logo splashed with a bit of blood people are saying that it's almost similar to the watchman watchman yeah thing i i agree what are your feelings what are my feelings? feelings are i'm for it i'm rolling with it the thing it did smack of the watchman that was the my first impression mm-hmm. uh, but that's okay with me um i what was I going to say? I feel like Michael Keaton's Batman was probably, and this is crazy to say because Christian Bale was the real, like this could really happen Batman, but Michael Keaton's Batman was like the darkest Batman in a way. Because I think, yeah. Yeah. I, can I mean, see that. you know, in a way, Chris Nolan's universe was so steeped in reality kind of that it had its dark moments and the two yeah, face like, of it all and all that, but it was just Joker gothic. and like, and, um, and the penguin and that they were like, mm. when you're a kid, yeah, they especially were like on the younger side. Yes. You're, they're scary. It was dark. Like yeah. They're, was they're terrifying. Look, just looking. Yes. Looking. Absolutely. So the fact that, so that was leading me to the fact that there's blood splattered on it. I'm okay with because yes. I think Michael Keaton's Batman 
in in the in the vein of uh, you know the the Dark Knight Returns, he gets his hands a little dirtier as he gets older. Gotcha. So I like this notion. I like where that's going. Rolling. Wedding Crashers Two has been Electric Boogaloo has been confirmed with yes. the original cast all returning of Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Isla Fisher, and Rachel <laughs> McAdams. I. I'm, I'm just in. I'm so in. I know it's ridiculous. I love that movie so much. I think it had so many great lines. Uh, Vince Vaughn has basically attempted to be that character ever since that character. Yeah. So it's, I like it's his know. it's tied for his best performance ever. Yes. Either that or him in old school. One of the two where yes. in both movies, he's essentially the same person. He's essentially the same person, but tremendous. I yeah, Dodgeball is up there too, but not Dodgeball is like second tier i don't know what the story is going to be because they were you know spoiler alert like married both of them by the yeah. time that it ended so it's not here's what i hope here's what i hope don't make the mistake of taking an r-rated film that was successful and making it pg-13 to try and capitalize on a wider audience. right right well Just hopefully they learn for something like uh coming to america yes Yes, like, yes, yes. Learn that lesson that yes. like it didn't pay off. When you've got that. that, double down. Right. We're making another R-rated movie in this franchise. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We'll I come agree back with you. It. And, and, the, and the, the thing that proves the rule is, um, uh, not Daredevil, Deadpool. Deadpool 1 and 2. They were like, okay, everybody loved Deadpool 1. We're yep. doubling down. We're coming back. Our rating. We're not going to mm-hmm. try and appeal to, to kids or you know, yep. young kids. And then what they did was they just made a PG-13 version right. of number two and then released it. Like that is, that's actually that's smart. smart. Yeah, that's, that's actually smart. smart. Okay, you want more people to watch it, but you don't want to compromise what originally made the first one great in the first place. Make two versions. What's the big deal? True. Love it. Um, Speaking of sequels, yes, Cruella was such a success for <laughs> Disney uh, that naturally the sequel is already in the works. Of course, I did. You watch it? I have no. I did not yeah. watch it because it no. cost thirty dollars. Right. I'm saving my thirty dollars <laughs> for Black Widow. You know this. I know this. I do know this. I did not watch it either. Um, it's got my girl Emma Stone in it. Big supporter of Emma Stone. Um, I have no doubt that the movie was good. Do we need a second one? Like we had 100 Disney Dalmatians. does. We had 100 like millions more money. <laughs> yeah. 100, 102 Dalmatians, you know, live action and animated. So if it's working for them and they're making it's financially profitable, go ahead, back the money truck up again. Let's make another one. But essentially... This is, we're leading to 101 Dalmatians. So why not just make that? Make that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that I need to follow Cruella into therapy or into the supermarket or wherever she's going next. Like, let's just, she wants dogs now. Like, I only want to see Cruella. Like, eventually I'll see Cruella because Mm -hmm. I only want to know how did they make her in this day and age the main character of a movie when her whole goal is to like murder dogs which 
Like if there's one thing that's universal, universally valued in America, it's not dogs. many things, yeah. but it's dogs. I agree. That is like the one thing people that, will reach across the aisle. For people dogs. will reach across the aisle. People yeah. care more about dogs than they do people. Well, and here's their pro- like again. If I'm judging off of the trailer and having not seen the film yet, they're trying to capitalize on this. We're going to take a fictional thing but make it real serious, right? You know, vibe. So when Glenn Close was playing Cruella in the live action. It was just preposterous, and she was over the top. She was tremendous, yes. but like she was, it was over the top and crazy, and yep. you know, like so you bought into it. It's like okay, she's obviously not going to kill these dogs, right? We're going to be fine. But if you're going to play it for real, I don't know how that works. Like you're, you're right. I don't know how that plays I'm, to the public. That's why I'm curious to see what did they do, mm-hmm. what did they do, and how far are they going to go, right, with it? That's crazy. Um, last item. Are you familiar with a game that was all the rise during the pandemic called Among Us? I have heard of Among Us. I'm not familiar. So essentially Among Us, the way this game works, and I'm prefacing this story with an explanation of how the game works. So essentially this this game is... um, you are you join a group of friends you have to play online you join with a group of friends like five to ten people whatever it is and you're all on a spaceship each you have these little characters these little cartoon characters that um you're on a spaceship and you're performing different tasks in order to like make sure the spaceship doesn't crash or whatever two of the members of the crew are not there for the success of the ship they uh-huh. are imposters and they go around killing other members of the crew without being de- with the goal of not being detected okay okay so, anyways it's right. it's kind of fun it's like did you ever play the game like assassin yeah in All like right. school, in school or camp yeah. or whatever so it's that's essentially what a video game version of that Right. Where after someone when someone discovers a body, they Mm. like call a meeting or whatever. Everyone has to say, oh, I was here with this person. I think it's this guy because I saw them walk by the body. Is it a is it like multiplayer? You have to play with a team or you're playing against you have to play with other people. It's it's a completely online game. You can't do single player. It's very fun when you have a group of people that like you know, like I played it once or twice with a friend who like had a group that played it and it was yeah. fun. Anyways, this uh, is where like you if you think that's ridiculous, here yes. this is going to get in the completely absurd. An among us shaped chicken nugget. Oh god. From McDonald's was sold on eBay for just under one hundred thousand dollars. See, I am trolling this news. That's what's wrong with the country. Like that person spent that on a chicken McNugget that looks vaguely like whatever that is. Where do we get Among Us cookie cutters <sighs> and a McDonald's fryer and some chicken? Yeah, because let's do that. That's outrageous. That's just that's just terrible. That's terrible. The That's person terrible news. who posted it to uh, eBay, just posted it on eBay 
on a whim. Yeah. I think for the low bid of 99 cents. Oh my God. And it got bid all the way up to a hundred thousand. I hope he collected. I hope he collected because good for that guy. But like you said, where do we get some cookie cutters and a fryer? Unreal. But the fact too, that like for it to get all the way up to a hundred thousand dollars, there had to have been multiple people bidding on it. That's what's horrifying about the world we live in, that there are multiple people bidding on it. They're out there. They exist among us. They walk among, among us. us. Very appropriate. Yes. Very that appropriate. is horrifying. Yep. Um, all right. Let's talk about some more absurdity. We okay. had some suggestions from last week. You yes. actually suggested to me a show called Resident Alien, which mm. I unfortunately discovered was not available um, beyond a paywall. But right. my suggestion for you, I had recently done a rewatch of. So we could both just do a little bit of a deeper dive into my suggestion for you, which is Rick and Morty. Well, yes, we can. So I was only able to watch, I think, like one and a half because uh, I had a busy week. But without burying the lead, I did enjoy myself. Okay. I was shocked to learn a few things along the way. Okay. So number one, like very funny, ridiculous, you know, talk about time travel and space travel and all that. Like just, you know, like the concept is hysterical. Yes. But, you know, he's a super scientist and he's got kind of a lame brain relative that he's dealing mm -hmm. with. But what I learned along the way was, A, this is a Dan Harmon joint. Yes, it is. And I love me a Dan Harmon joint because, yes. you know, he brought us community. I know it's one of our favorite shows. That's He's right. worked with Sarah Silverman, various other people. Very funny guy. I was surprised to learn this came out in 2013, though. I don't. Yeah, this came out yeah, a while ago. This has been a minute. I don't know why I thought it was more recent, but. Well, he, it's, it's been he had like a couple years in between like seasons three and four, okay, or something like that. There was it's a, only five seasons. It's the fifth season is coming out, right? I think this month or next month. Because that's why it's another reason I was like, okay, because this is digestible. Like I could get through this really quick. It's it's like ten yeah. episodes, twenty minute episodes. Absolutely. Very easy to, to get through. I know like when this first came out, it became so popular with like kids. Like we were in, we were just graduating college, right. you and I, when this came out. And this was, became like really popular with like kids in high school. Yeah. Which turned me off to the show. Certainly. It made me not like look Wanna into watch. it more. And then the more I was like, uh, over time, I was like, well, this is Dan Harmon. I'll give it a chance. Let me give it a shot. And then I watched a couple and I was like, okay, it, this is actually legitimately very good. It was funny because I, and, and I think this was your pitch to me. And so I'll repeat, like, I enjoy kind of a cartoon for adults. Yes. You know, I like that. I like, <laughs> because there's a lot they can do. There's a lot of fun they can have. And I enjoy it. His exasperation. It's a very interesting voice on the on the scientist. Like, yes, on on Rick. On Rick, it's a very interesting voice on him, but I I enjoy it quite a bit. Like I enjoy his exasperation at times. Yeah. But my favorite person 
is, uh, and especially to be animated. Yep, I know who Chris you're Parnell. Say. Chris Parnell, right? Chris, how, how is Chris Parnell? He He's has such a great voice for mm-hmm. animated wimps. Yes, it is so. Who knew that that best. was a lane that an actor could carve out for themselves? And he is cruising in that lane. Yeah, he's got that on Archer. He's got it on Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, two of the most successful animated shows. Archer's on like 10 seasons. Rick and Morty's going to be around for a long time. Like he is in a good spot. Still though, like you've you've suggested, before our podcast, you suggested Archer, which I love. Uh, Rick and Morty now, um, Harley Quinn. Yep. I still think of those, you know, I'm going to remove uh, the Simpsons because they're in a stratosphere all their own. Yeah, that's like a of, completely different thing. Yeah, of animated fare, I think Archer is still my favorite, but this is very funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually doing a rewatch of Archer now because I was doing Rick and I don't know. I was kind of alternating between, but then I ended up getting yeah, just stuck in. in Rick and Morty. So I was like, ah, I'll just finish it, you know, fly through this. Um, I as you go on with the show you like as absurd as a lot of the episode premises are and stuff like that the thing that i like about this show compared to really any other animated show right and especially that sets it apart from something like because it's almost got humor that's um immature enough to be compared to family guy Okay, but it's not delivered in the same way, obviously. Not at all. And it's it's just more sophisticated than Family Guy is, because Indeed. this is something that, like, every episode, and again, as you go on, it's it gets very meta. It gets extremely right. philosophical. Like well, you think about how Dan Harmon thinks, like it gets very yeah. like, I yeah. Heady, heady. I which I could see that because that is the way he goes. I will say this: I am doing a rewatch of uh, The Simpsons, and I got to like season twenty-six or something, which I guess was around mm-hmm. this time, or maybe a couple years in. Um, and in the opening credits, where they're all racing to the couch, there's a little mini scene with Rick and Morty. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So they're respected by you know the the ogs Uh, yeah the like buddha of animated adults fair yeah it's a you know when you when you have the time it's a nice it's a nice little it's a nice quick binge i did it in like a week it's fun it's it's a it's a a fun time it was a good suggestion it was still it was still an a rating on your suggestions list i like it yes definitely awesome but chris parnell blew my socks off um i did have to look up What's her name? Because I recognize it, but I couldn't From place Scrubs. her. Sarah, Sarah Chalk, yeah. Sarah Chalk, yep. And she's then, the wife. She's Not that you'd recognize his voice. Uh, I may not actually have seen the character yet, but Tom Kenny, when I was looking at the voices, Tom Kenny is SpongeBob, and he's came over to do this as well. Who does he, Who's he voicing in it? He, I'll tell you right now. He voices uh, Squatchy. Squatchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's in one of the... Yeah, he, he's in a later episode. Yeah. He reappears every now and then. So, um, but I was interested to see that. 
Awesome. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to watch Resident Alien, but I'm sure uh, this week right. I'm going to be able to watch whatever your wonderful suggestion well, is going now to Now let's ask, let's ask that question because are we going to do suggestions for each other this week, sir, or are we just watching Loki? No, no, we're going to do suggestions as well. Okay. All right, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, we we'll, we can, you I know. I didn't know if you can... wanted to do a deep dive into Loki for the first episode? No, I think we have I think we'll have the the time to do all all three. We should be able cool. to do Loki, Rollin' or Trollin' and we'll do some suggestions. I'm not doing a big series for you. Uh, mine is not a television series okay. this week. I have something a little bit different for you but it's only going to be it's like an hour and a half an hour and a half yeah. okay a little different but it's nice an hour quick and a half. watch i'll take it all right sir well what do you got all right so this is a little off the beaten path um this is something that just came out um right was it this past weekend or it might have been memorial day weekend um okay. Yeah, I think it was it was actually on Memorial Day this came out. Um, it came out on Netflix, mm-hmm. so you'll be able to watch it there. It is a hybrid of sorts. It is part stand-up special, okay. part sketch comedy, part musical. Wow. Okay. Are you familiar with the the performances and workings of a comedian by the name of Bo Burnham. I have heard of Bo Burnham. I don't, I would say I'm familiar. I'm aware. Okay. So, so Bo Burnham before this did stand up specials, but his stand up is, is like a performance where he's doing songs. Right. He's doing like funny kind of like making fun of himself type of songs. Right. Some of them right. a little controversial or whatever. This, so he, he, his last special, I think, came out like five years ago or something like that. And then right. he was performing and he started getting panic attacks on stage. And so okay. he didn't do stand. He basically like retired from stand up for five years. And then yeah, he, he says, he actually says in the special, that he got himself back to a good place mentally and and stuff like that. And in January Uh of last year, he was deciding, okay, I'm going to start performing again. And then the pandemic hit. Oh my God. So he could, it couldn't really do that. So then he sat in a, he did this special all in one room. And it's okay. Like from his house, he did a special. From like it's it's not even his house. He's got like a separate like little guest house that he'd filmed this entire yeah. thing, P- filmed, produced, wrote, everything was done in this one room, and it is interesting. Like, I'm curious to what your feelings are going to be about this because I honestly think it's a masterpiece. <laughs> okay. I think it's unbelievable what he did. It's funny. It's something that like it's very meta as far as like okay what he's doing and the situation that everyone's in it talks a lot about 
just our culture in general and internet culture and just pokes holes into like our society as a whole, every, every turn you look. Um, Pokes holes in it. I would love for you to watch it. It's like, he's someone that like, he could probably write like a funny, like musical if he wanted to, it kind of got like he, the songs that he creates are actually very catchy and, and like, get stuck in your head and stuff like he's very very talented um he does a great job it gets very like like, artsy at times but it's it's really good i'm interested to what your thoughts are going to be if you're going to think that it's a masterpiece as well or if you're going to think it's like contrived Uh, all right i like that i like that description bo burnham is it a masterpiece or is it contrived crap burnham okay inside is the name of the special Inside, Bo Burnham. Inside, I like that. I like that title. All right. Well, I so I have an interesting uh, one for you. I'm not actually sure if I suggested this to you or not. Um, in which case, I will have a backup promptly uh, ready. Okay. But have I suggested to you the Kaminsky method? You have not. Okay. You have not. You will find this on Netflix. Yes. You will find, because they just came out with new episodes, so I caught up on this this year's season. Okay. It's like eight episodes. It's yep. only three years in. Uh, here's the crux. Okay? You can't go wrong. You got Kurt Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Kurt. Yeah. Kirk. Michael, you got Michael Douglas. I'm Michael sorry. Douglas. I got my there Douglas go. confused. My Doug lie. So you got Michael Douglas. You've got Alan Arkin. You've got, uh, you will get Paul Reiser. Genius. You've got the woman who played, Nancy Travis, who was in So I Married Next Murder, hysterical film, who was in uh, uh, Last Man Standing, plays the wife of Tim Allen. Yep. Genius actors and actresses. Basically, Michael Douglas is a failed actor who is now running an acting school like a master class. Okay. Uh, his enormously wealthy, like former agent best friend, Alan Arkin. Right. Like they meet with together and they just go over like getting older and how life sucks and everything with Hollywood is terrible. Um, and then they, they go for their yearly, I guess, colonoscopy. And the doctor is Danny DeVito hysterical oh oh tremendous it's basically it's like a slice of life it's really interesting it's kind of funny get through the first episode i really want you to watch two episodes because it's going to take you a second to be like what is this like what am i seeing um i believe it's 45 minutes long it's you will i did not like the third season as much i really enjoyed the first and second you will have a good time okay Okay. I'm from I'm in. Actors. I'm in. Let's do it. That sounds great. Um, so, you are going to watch the Netflix uh, Bo Burnham special. Know that I am. Inside. And I am going to watch Netflix original series, The Kaminsky Method. Um, you will have fun. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of It Was All a Stream. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider subscribing, liking, reviewing, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. We are on all the major pod- podcast platforms. 
And we are on Neil's incredible website, gluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, the number two, thescreen.com.